from Atlanta, heart and soul, center of light. And whoa, okay, that's Brother Nicholas there from Memphis, Tennessee. Is that who sang my dad? Who is that who just sang my dad? Talking about my dad. Yes, that's my dad too. I want to say thank you so much because now I got to get myself together. I, I uh, called my dad who's 92 years old this morning. That was one of the first persons I greeted on Happy Father's Day. And I want to say blessings to everyone who is present and thank you, Reverend Dr. Andre Earl, for letting me be in your stead at this moment, at this place and time. Bless Father's Day, bless Juneteenth, bless Pride Month. All of this is a convergence of the theme of liberation, which is what I want to talk about. I want to also access and invite us as uh, I tease my children. Now on Mother's Day, I call your mothers, 
I give them thanks and praises. And on Father's Day, I want you to do the same thing. Don't have amnesia. So I want to say this to everybody who's present as well. Today is Father's Day. Flowers, sermons, lessons, and dinners. You take somebody somewhere and be a blessing to some father on this day. Amen. Ashe and Ayibobo on this day. So I want to invite you to meditate with me on a particular prayer that is universally known. And at the same time, I want us to reframe how we think about this specific prayer. Now, this prayer, so-called, is found in the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew is a gospel that is written as a manifesto about how Yeshua is the Mashiach, how Yeshua is the Messiah and the promised king among the Judean people in the midst of the oppression that they're experiencing from the Roman Empire. It's important to say this up front. Again, the Gospel of Matthew is written as a manifesto about Yeshua, as a liberator, as the Messiah, in the context of oppression under the Roman Empire. Within the context of this Gospel, there is a segment that we know as the Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5 through 7. Typically, we think of this simply as a series of wise sayings or messages. But as I just said, it's actually a manifesto to poor and oppressed people of how they should live and expect a new reality. And within the Sermon on the Mount, there's a specific prayer that Yeshua invites the people to become aware of and to claim. Now, this prayer is typically called the Lord's Prayer. I want you to write this down, though. There's no such thing as the Lord's Prayer. Again, this prayer is typically called the Lord's Prayer, but there's no such thing as the Lord's Prayer. Yeshua is not inviting the people to pray to the Lord, but he's inviting them to proclaim their childhood to a loving Father. Well, why isn't it called the Lord's Prayer? It's not called the Lord's Prayer because in the opening words of Hebrew prayers and themes, you get the main message. And the opening words here are not to the Lord. I don't know about you, but I don't pray to the Lord because the root of that word Lord means the bread keeper. That is someone who can either give or withhold sustenance. And the reason it is named as the Lord's Prayer is connected actually with feudalism and a way of thinking that requires servitude and bondage rather than connection and liberation. I want to talk about 
the connection and liberation in this meditation. But before I do that, I want you to listen to the way that usually it is recited. It's certainly the way that I've learned how to recite it as a child. And maybe you learned how to recite it this way as well, called the Lord's Prayer. Head bowed, hands together, reciting these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, I said I was taught this prayer to pray to the Lord as a child. I never realized then or even later that this was a prayer in this form with this title of bondage and that also it was an exclusive type of prayer in the way that I was taught this prayer as a prayer for Christians who believed in Jesus and who prayed that his will would be done in their lives and that God the Lord would answer their pleas, answer their petitions. Behind this way of thinking though, is the idea of a father in this respect, who's remote, who's removed, who is a singular sovereign, who's not compassionate, who might be inclined towards violence and mercilessness. The prayer also focuses on the earth that will be done on earth as in the heavens. It's a prayer that focuses on economic indebtedness. Forgive us of our debts as we forgive those who are our, our debtors. And lead us, don't be insidious now, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil generically. For yours, and this is added later on to the prayer actually, it's not in the original text, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And if you'll just be merciful and look down upon me and answer my plea, then I hope and believe everything will be all right with me. This is the opposite, actually, of what Yeshua intended when he invited the multitudes of people of all ethnicities, all orientations, male and female, in the context of the Sermon on the Mount, to utilize not this prayer as such, but this affirmation and this proclamation, because he's inviting them and us to make a proclamation against all forms of oppression and to embrace salvation liberation 
healing through freedom and healing through resistance and healing through perseverance and healing through solidarity. And that's why this proclamation is so apropos for a genuine understanding of fatherhood and Father's Day and malehood and such a powerful formula for understanding the significance of the historic day of Juneteenth, the liberation of African-American people from the bondage of slavery and the liberation of all people of various orientations as being in the image of the living power to Zelim Elohim, in the image of the power that creates all of us, regardless of who we are. Have you ever wondered or asked yourself, who is present in the crowd when the Gospel of Luke says that Yeshua looked upon the crowd with compassion from the Latin word with passion, with suffering, identifying with the multitude that was being oppressed in a client state of the Roman Empire and in that context, he began to teach them how to radicalize themselves and how to radicalize their understanding of law and order and how to transform themselves from the inside out. And by that transformation, transform the world in which they lived and to be persistent in doing that. If we prayed the prayer persistently and consistently, with that in mind, rather than as though we're praying to the Lord who may or may not give the bread or the lady, his counterpart, who makes the bread economically for the distribution at their will rather than freely given, as Yeshua actually suggests, not just suggests, but proclaims in this, not prayer, in this proclamation. Beloved, I want to invite you now to where you are, even close your eyes if you want to, and listen to what happens when this false narrative is reconstructed back into the Hebrew and back into the family ship that Yeshua is actually talking about because he's calling the people in this context to interact as a family and as the beloved community within the context of oppression. Take your mind now into a place of ones, including yourself, who experience oppression on a daily basis and situate that mind within the frame now of Yeshua talking to the multitudes under the Roman Empire of how they should interact with each other as brothers and sisters, as fathers, as mothers and how that centering gives them the power and the impetus to engage 
extraordinarily the structures that are around them. Then and now, listen to these words, not as a prayer, not as a pleading, not as a begging, not as a hoping, not as a wishing, but as an affirmation. Avinu, Shabbat Shemaim, Yid Kadash Tavo, Malakuteka, Ye Aser Razoncha, Ka Asher, Bashemaim, Gam, Baaretz. Et lechem huchenu, tein lanu hayom, umalcha lanu, al hovotenu, kaasher, machlanu, gam anachnu, lahayavenu. De al tevi enu la de. Nisayun ki imatahazenu minhara ki lacha hamam lacha ki lacha hagen zura ve hatikret le omei olamim amen. father of us and if there's a father there's a mother Yeshua is not only calling upon the father but he's also reminding them as we should remember there's a mother a male is not a father because he's a male he's a male because he's a parent and there's a mother and they have distinctive roles and if there's a father and there's a mother Yeshua is particularly in not inviting the people to call upon a remote deity, but upon a father. He uses the genitives here. Father of us, genetically tied. The one who is in the heavens, Shemaim, the most expansive realms of consciousness of time and space. That one. Then comes the vocative, holy, set apart, consecrated, be your name. But in the Hebrew, it's not just one name. The name is not Lord. The name is not God. The name holds inside of it the living one. The name holds inside of it my strong one. The name holds inside of it El Shaddai. My sufficient one, like a mother's milk. The name holds inside of it, El Roy, the strong one who sees me in my need. The name holds inside of it, a yeah, I share, a yeah, I have what I have been, I am that I am, I will be what I will be for you. Holy be your name. 
Your reigndom come in the midst of the Roman Empire. Your reigndom come in the midst of our oppression. Your reigndom come in the midst of un unjustice rules and laws. Your reigndom come. Let's back it till again. Your will be done. And then it's beautiful. It says, not the way it is traditionally read and on earth as in the heavens, but no, it says as above below. Let your will be done as in the heavens, justice, righteousness, equality, fulfillment, abundance, shalom, as your will is in the heavens, as far as we can imagine. So let it be on earth as above, so below, as beyond, so within. Then, it says, like the children of Israel, as they were pursuing their liberation in the wilderness and were without food, give us this day, give us this day through righteous legislation, give us this day through righteousness, our daily manna that which is sufficient not only for us but that also which we are willing to struggle to bring sufficiency for all of those who do not have not me but us because if my neighbor is hungry i also am still operating from a deficit and remember, Yeshua is talking to the crowd of people who are destitute. Give us this day our daily manner. Well, how does that work, Doc? It comes in the next affirmation. It doesn't say forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. It's kind of an economic quid pro quo. It's not what it's saying. It's so extraordinary. Yeshua says here, and affirming to the loving, just, and righteous Father, sin away from us, Jubilee, our debts. As we correspondingly sin away those who are indebted to us. What we give is what we receive. And when we release, he's saying, we're in a place to receive more, so sin away from us. Our indebtedness, our guilt, our boundedness, our holding on to things that are no longer essential for our life, send that away from us. Or better yet, let us send away from ourselves those things so that correspondingly we can receive the bounty and the blessings. It's like that other passage where Yeshua says, First, forgive. Listen, Luke. Then he says, after you forgive, after you let that stuff go, then give good measure. Press down, shaking together. We're humans, poor. It doesn't say bosom either. The text says in the Greek, into your lap. When you forgive and then you give, then sit down to receive the abundance 
that comes through and from the universal cause, the thing itself. Forgive us of our debts, not economic bondage, but free reciprocity. And we send away those who are indebted to us. Universal Jubilee. He's speaking of a policy here that he wants the people to practice in the midst of the Roman client state in which they are residing. Now pay attention, Yeshua is speaking to people who are oppressed to be abundant in their oppression among and with each other and then correspondingly to engage the powers that be so that those around them in the greater society can experience the same. Then he says something that is so often missed in the traditional prayer. It doesn't say, leads us not to temptation. It says, don't lead us into trial. Don't lead us to court. Don't lead us to incarceration. That's what he's saying, because that's what's happening. Do not lead us into bondage, but deliver us, but set us free, but make us whole from the evil one. That's a code Yeshua is saying to the people. Make us whole from Caesar. Make us whole from unjust laws. Make us whole from unjust rulership. Make us whole, deliver us from the evil one. As we participate in being delivered from evil. And it stops there. It's significant. Beloved, that in the original Greek text, it stops right there. The last words of Yeshua in the Sermon on the Mount is the word of liberation. Deliver us, all of us in this gathering, all of us based on our gender, all of us based on our standing, all of us based on our orientation, all of us based on our ethnicity, all of us. Yeshua does not separate us. Only those who are heterosexual, so-called, only those who are of one particular group. He's talking to the multitude and he doesn't even know who's in the crowd. Now that's important. Not knowing who's in the crowd and claiming liberation for all. Say it again. That's important. Not knowing who's in the crowd and praying for and striving for everybody. Those you know, those you don't know yet, and those you'll never know. That's the model of this prayer of liberation. The last words deliver us from the evil one. Our counterpoised by our Father, our loving one, the one to whom we are connected. And because we're connected to that one, we're connected to each other. And because we're connected to each other, we're connected to all the creation. Because that's the one, along with the mother, Chochmah, 
wisdom in Proverbs 8, who brought everything into being. And then later on, somebody read 1 Chronicles 29, verses 10 through 13. And then they added this doxology to it that we also recite. It wasn't in the original, but they added as though to give praises for the affirmations that have been made. To you, not to Caesar. To you, not to the powers that be. To you, not to the powers that seem to be. To you, not to the laws that are being legislated. To you, not to the unrighteous behavior. But to you, our Father, Avinu, be the reindeer that's yours anyhow of all the earth and of all creation. To you be the strength. Justice comes through strength. To you be the strength. And to you be the beauty, the beauty, the balance, the harmony, the ecological wonderment. To you be that. How long? Forever. Throughout the ages of ages, your lumba aid, throughout all time and throughout all space, may this be to you. And then it's sealed with the phrase Amen from the Hebrew expression, El Melech Nehiman, the strong one is sovereign and faithful. The strong one, our strong one, Eloheinu, our strong one is sovereign and faithful. And if our strong one is sovereign and faithful, then our strong one calls us to be sovereign and to be faithful in the causes, because there are all many but one, for justice, righteousness, and love, and power, and glory, and strength. Because that one is not the Lord that we buy or purchase freedom from, liberation from, salvation from, if he will give it. But our Father, who has already, and David says this in First Chronicles, everything that we're given, You've already given it to us. So what we're doing, huh, because we understand reciprocity and because we understand how the law works, how mind and action works, Ernest Holmes, because we understand that, we are returning back to you the love, the justice, the power, the compassion, the righteousness that you gave us from creation. We give it back to you. And how do we do that? We do that through our brothers and sisters, and we do that through nature herself. Amen. Beloved, in this meditation, it is my prayer. No, <laughs> it's my proclamation. That you never ever pray to the Lord again about anything.
but that you proclaim and affirm on this day, Father's Day, and on every day with and to our Father and our Mother. And not only that, as I know you already are doing, that you are actively, persistently, consistently, individually, and together make the proclamation of the Our Father a reality. So today, when you leave this sanctuary, go and bless fatherhood. Go and bless those African-American ancestors who worked and toiled in the fields and saw us not in them the same way. I'm saying that even if they're on the other side, plus my life agents. And bless our brothers and sisters who are maligned because of their orientation or who are told they're not in the image of the Elohim, which is a lie. Everybody's in the image of the Elohim, period. Non-excluded, bless them. Because in blessing them, you bless yourself. What we give is what we receive. Our father and mother have given us life freely. No attachments. So too, we are called to give freely. No attachments. And that's just the way this beautiful prayer transforms into a proclamation is. Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech Blessed are you, draw near you, the living one, our strong one, sovereign of time and space. And bless us on this day, designated almost as a Trinitarian triadic day, Father's Day, Juneteenth, and South Pride Month. Let us be proud of all that we are and of whose we are and who we are to each other now and forever leolam va'ed amen it is sealed it's our service today and all of the expressions of the one present in person or online I'm giving thanks for all of the good that has transpired during this service, all of the hands and hearts that went into sacred service this day. I know that today truly is a blessed day and that all is truly well because it is all God and therefore it must absolutely be so. 
I know that as we move from this portion of our day to the next, that we are held in the loving arms of the divine and we are traveling, we arrive safe and sound to our destinations, filled with the glow of love and peace and joy. And so it is. Amen. <laughs>